0: here we go hello all welcome to the fantasy and sci-fi fanatics podcast i'm your host daniel kubal and i have with me today a very special guest mark mark how are you today
1: i'm very well thank you thank you for having me back
0: yeah of course this is mark's third episode uh in a row we had way too much to talk about the first couple times so we decided (laughs) that we were going to break it up and actually are we're going to do two and then uh, our second one got cut off. So you guys probably saw that hopefully before this one. Uh, so this is kind of going to be, we've talked a little bit in between. So this is kind of going to be, uh, an ending, uh, to Mark's, uh, first, um, episode with us, but really we kind of had a couple of new things and topics to bring up. So we figured, uh, instead of just trying to cram in a few minutes and edit it together, we would actually just do an entirely, uh, different third session. So Mark, thanks again for coming back and talking to us some it's more. It's a pleasure. So, All right. So you and I talked a little bit like we always talk about to warm up, but I'm, I'm really interested for you to share with everybody what those 30 minute writing sprints were like for you for draft one of the blood of the spear.
1: Right. Yeah. So for my first draft, I found that while I was traveling for work, Um, I'd work in the city. I live on Sydney's Northern beaches and having to get to the city is about in car by car. It's 30 to 45 minutes, but Travelling on public transport takes a lot longer, and I don't like buses, so I was taking the Manly Ferry across Sydney Harbour to the city every morning, and that's a half hour trip either way, uh, there and back again. Uh, so an hour or around round trip all day. Uh,
0: put, I like the Lord of the Rings way. plug, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh bookmarks uh my day so on in that time frame i had 30 minutes with nothing to do i could read or i could pull out the laptop and write so i decided you know i want to write <laughs> to to get a book out you have to write so Unfortunately, I decided that's that, true. yeah that is <laughs> yeah very much so i wish you could just pull it all out of your head <laughs> yeah and be done but no you actually have to put in the work <laughs> I think we said that so,
0: episode one two before we yeah it is just as true yeah. as it was two weeks ago so
1: absolutely yeah <laughs> it is very much one of those wishes I would um if I had three wishes that would be one of them I think <laughs> all the stories I have in my head put them out into a <laughs> word document for me okay so I just started going and that was a half hour trip so um I would also arrive at work a bit early and I found that I had another half hour that I could get more writing done. So I did a half hour then. I managed to sneak in a half hour at lunchtime. I got a half hour on the trip on the ferry trip home. And then I would do a half hour after dinner um, of a night. And once I got into the flow of it, I was finding that I was getting an entire page. I wasn't counting words at that stage. I hadn't didn't know enough about, you know, writing that it's not pages that authors count its words um but i worked out that i was doing a um a a word document page in that half hour sprint and i was getting five pages a day done and my chapters i was kind of aiming with no real guide to it just a feel of how the story was flowing and where i was directing it uh that i would uh round chapters up uh, at the 15 page mark and um so I was finding that my chapters, as I was counting, I had a little um, uh, whole calendar on my back wall that I would cross off each day when I do certain things and I'd be marking what chapters I'd gotten to and I could just see all of this filling up. This it was really um, uh, noticeable. My, momen- my momentum in terms of getting work done uh, was increasing and it became a habit. It was like, well, you know, the ferry. I sit on the ferry. I open up and I just go. When I first started, it would take me a while to get into it, but then once it became um, something I did, and because I I actually took that to my weekends as well. But instead of doing it in half hour, well, I still did it in half hour burst, but I did it first thing in the morning, um, and I'd write for thirty minutes. You know, get up, walk around, sit down again, write for another thirty, and I'd do that for two and a half hours every morning on Saturday and Sunday, just to keep just to keep that momentum going. Um, And I found that really effective for me in my first draft phase. Um, I didn't, I never did any editing. And in fact, I tried not to second guess myself too much. If I came across, um, you know, introduction of a new character, I didn't have a name for them or it was the name or dragon or something. And then needed to have a really powerful, different type of name. And I didn't spend 10 minutes sitting there trying to work out syllab- matching syllables together to, <laughs> to come up with something good. I just put like XXXXX X, 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 and move on to the next one. So like when I came back to edit, I know oh this is, I need a name there. Um, I would start by reading the last paragraph that I'd finished in my previous session. I just reread that to get Uh, this is where i'm at and bang i was back into it straight away it was actually really it became quite seamless for me um so i'm actually looking to get back into that for writing the draft of book two um that worked really well i noticed um between because in the rewrites of book one new content did get created and did get uh um uh added and i found that while I wrote the first draft um, sequentially um, and I'd write description and then I'd write dialogue and have dialogue tags, more description, move the scene through like that. I found when I was writing new scenes or even an entirely new chapter, I would pull out a notepad on my computer and I would just write dialogue without any tags. I'd just like, one person said something, space, next person said mm. something. So almost like a script, I guess, in some ways, not that I know anything about script writing. <laughs> um, and then I would pull all that dialogue um, and I would whack it onto the onto a Word document and then I'd start putting in punctuation. I'd put in dialogue tags and then I would start building um, descriptors um, and stuff around it. Um, and I found that worked a lot better um, for me in terms of, I don't know, getting authentic dialogue down. Um, somehow between the time I'd written my first draft and the time I was doing new stuff for the, in the edits of, of later drafts of book one I felt like I'd forgotten how to get into the flow of writing dialogue well and doing it that way um, it became really easy. And in fact I got um, an entirely new chapter done with, um, over the course of a weekend, oh wow, where um previously it would have taken me about three or four days, yeah, yeah. So, um, and that was all just like put all the dialogue, everything I wanted to say, follow the backwards and forwards between the characters. Um, it felt it just flowed a lot more for me. Um, whacked it down afterwards and then filled in the gaps. Um, that worked really well. So, I don't know that I'll do that in the next draft maybe in parts maybe when i have big scenes dialogue heavy scenes i might do that um but we'll see how we go but um yeah that was that was really interesting it's such a different mindset between writing a first draft and then writing later in the editing phase even when you're adding new material um it was yeah different <laughs> for me <laughs>
0: I just like that how you were we were talking about that earlier because like I was saying, like I was doing the 15 minute sprints last year. Um, you know, coming home from school, didn't have a lot to do. So like especially on Friday and my wife and I were very tired from teaching. So I'd be tired, but then I'd be resting and then I'd be like, okay, I'm ready to do something. So, you know, like I was saying, like I would get on Discord, there was this writer's channel that um I think it was CS Radcliffe actually um, invited me to. Uh, so Corey invited me to it. So I met a, cool, a couple of cool people on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I would just get home, you know, I'd go work out, we'd go to dinner or something, we'd come back, my wife would be, you know, ready to chill or whatever, or go to sleep. So I would literally just get on and I'd start doing Be like, okay, who's on tonight? And it'd always be one of these three people. And one guy and I in particular, yeah. literally just 15 minutes, you know, take a five minute break, and we try to beat each other Uh, but really it was just helpful having somebody just to, you know, be like, Hey, sprint Mm -hmm. with me. It's just like, you know, just like having a running partner. Uh, I don't really like running unless it's for competition or a ball is involved or a score. (laughs) I can play basketball all day, but it's hard just to to run by myself. So I definitely think I agree with you. I'm trying to also, you know, the next couple of weeks, get back into those types of routines. Cause I do feel Mm -hmm. like you were right. Like forming habits is really good. Yeah, and it's hard for us, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Particularly it writers. Is,
1: yeah, a lot of my time when I'm not in the habit is being. It's ridiculous because, like, I have the ideas and I've done an entire book and it's published and I know I can do it. But whenever I go to start something, it's what I've come to know is the fear of, of starting. Mm. Um, once well. I've started, it's fine. But yeah, yeah. I can sit there and just procrastinate and distract myself and not get around to do it and oh look oh I've run out of time now I have to go <laughs> and do something else yeah yeah um so once I've got a habit going the habit for me just takes over it's like well no this is what we do at this time and it's like right right so then it's hard to break the habit or if somebody wants me to change I'm like no I can't this is when I do my habit it's almost like I have I, in some ways the half hour burst works really well for me as well because. I wasn't committing myself to an entire day of writing. So I'm committing myself to 30 minutes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: if I can get my um, five pages done on weekends, within the first two and a half hours of the morning, I'd get myself up early. Um, then I had the rest of the day to do whatever I wanted. I could play Warcraft. I could read. I could veg out in front of the television, whatever. I didn't have to write because all my writing's already been done. And as long as I got that quota of five pages done, it didn't matter what my word count was. It didn't even have to be amazing writing because it was first draft. It just had to be done. And once I'd done that, I was free to do whatever else I wanted. Um, So now it's a matter of getting that muscle working again for a first draft and uh, getting back into it.
0: Yeah. I think you make a great point too. I just thought like, I feel the same exact way, but like I was saying earlier, like. Now mine's just doing some sort of editing and I haven't done it before and I really enjoy, I enjoy being in the thick of it. Like I enjoy starting an idea and I actually even now enjoy getting it, trying to get, you know, another book to, you know, you know, finished or whatever that draft. Yeah. So I feel like I'm almost now addicted to trying getting another draft of something else done, but now I need to make myself addicted to the editing yeah. and I need to form yeah, well, I had- the editing.
1: Yeah. I actually, when I was doing my editing, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. That's why it took me so long. It took me yeah. like six or seven years to get the, to the final draft. I was just rereading it and I was tweaking sentences and I was changing words and thinking I was editing. I wasn't editing. I was just moving words around on the page. It wasn't until... You know, I started, I'd I'd give it to um, my editor and would get feedback and things would be highlighted and pointed out. And um, I was getting specific uh, tips and tricks um, from her uh, to look at that I actually started really making progress in the shaping and reshaping of the story up until my final edit, my final edit. Um, which was meant to be a copy edit also became a bit of a developmental edit because I worked with a different editor for that to the editor who'd worked with me from manuscript we have in Australia. I I think it's a bit different in America. I think they call them developmental edits. We had a manuscript assessment and then a structural edit. Um, And it got to the point where she was a little bit too close to the story as well and didn't see some particular, um, weaknesses and when I went to my copy editor she read the whole thing first with an eye to development or structure and came back with like okay look these are some things that I think are are an issue and while I can just go through and do a copy edit for you I think it would be I'd be you know doing you a disservice um, to just do that so She had only charged me for a copy edit, yet she did a whole heap of other work with me as well. And we um, restructured the first 10 chapters. Uh, I think we cut them down to about five, maybe seven chapters, um, that that sequence anyway, and reworked a whole heap of things to make the book stronger slash better. And, yeah, and it was when I was working with editors and looking at this sort of th- the th- sort of things that they were pointing out to me um it became uh it, it became as i started going oh okay so my toolbox in what i need to look at for myself when i go to edit a draft i don't have to wait for an editor to start showing <laughs> these things to me i can go oh let's look for this let's look for you know uh characterization let's let's look for the ebb and flow of the story let's look for um breaking down uh, or even storyboarding chapters and seeing how they flow and how they fit together. And, um, you know, d- d- is every chapter necessary? Is this just filler? You know, how does it affect the story? How will it affect the story if I take it out? You know, if there's no effect to the story and I've taken it <laughs> out, well, does it actually need to be there? You yeah. know, so, um, and you don't need to, to, it's that whole thing about like, okay, somebody leaves the room but you don't have to talk about them crossing the floor and opening the door and closing them <laughs> behind them, you know. You don't need to, to talk about every single step um, and just working out how to to, um, to paint a scene uh, that leaves it to the reader's imagination to fill in the gaps, um, which also makes it more personal for the reader, I think, in their, with their coloration of what they're reading. Um, so there are lots of things learned that I will hopefully put into practice next time around.
0: <laughs> I don't know that feeling too.
1: <laughs> yeah, not that I, not that I am not going to go to my editors again. I will be going to both of them um, at different stages of the um, of the editing process. But uh, yeah, that I just feel as a writer, my my skill set has increased, so that's a good thing.
0: My friend. Uh said a similar thing the other day um when we were talking to her and uh she said um I feel like I went to Lowe's and bought more tools <laughs> yeah you know like or I had to buy yeah. a bigger toolbox and then you know I had more tools and something of that nature and I just thought oh it's a really good a good it point is. it's so, true yeah yeah it's
1: like it's my toolbox all of a sudden I've got all these tools in there and I actually know how to use them
0: yeah yeah you know? instead so... of just instead of just being in there and yeah, yeah <laughs> just sitting in the, in the cabinet. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I did. So I guess either we could go either way here. Um, I guess really like when you were talking to me about your editing process, can you try and just, uh, I really like how you mentioned that you talked about writing in different places. Can you just uh, touch on that again for uh, oh, sure. our audience? Cause I thought that was really, really a good point that I hadn't really thought of, but I had heard before. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, so it was one of the things that um, has been, uh, I have heard from other writers that um, writing different parts of your story or or different stages, different drafts, puts you in a different mindset. So, um, and I think Brandon Sanderson talks about writing in different, on different chairs throughout the house. Um, My first draft was written on laptop only. Um, I found This was written a number of years ago, um, and I didn't have internet access on my laptop, so I didn't have the distraction of looking online for things um, or getting, you know, email notifications or messenger chats or whatever. Um, So my first draft was written on the laptop on the ferry at the office at work and in the lounge room at home. Once I went from writing to editing, I was like, oh, I can't edit on a laptop. The screen's too small. I need to see the whole picture of the page I'm working on, all this sort of stuff. So I printed it out onto paper and went through it with a red pen. and then start, started putting the red pen edits onto the onto the word document because I use Word. I don't use Scrivener at the time. Scrivener I don't believe was available for Word when I started writing, and now it is. I'm kind of like I had no problem writing an entire manuscript, a two hundred. In fact, the first iteration of my novel was something like two hundred fifteen thousand words long. So, and I, my word document was fine for that so um i I don't know i don't see a reason for me to change um
0: a lot of people have gone from different things to go back to just word word seems to be yeah i know
1: words not the 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 big argument is that word is not designed to deal with um documents of that type of size um that's epic fantasy can get to Um, but it worked just fine for me i had other documents that I had my glossary and I had um, Excel spreadsheets for character lists and all this sort well, of stuff. Well, some
0: people just break it up um, even in like chapters or parts of the book, you know, Mine my, like
1: my, my book. So my manuscript is set of chapters and each chapter has a heading. And then I've got the chapters that are on down the side and I can just click on a chapter and it'll take me straight to it. So I always oh, know where idea. I'm at. Um, So I, I always, I had that, and I think in modern Word, you can actually drag those chapters around. It will actually change the the text on the document as well. Oh,
0: that's
1: um, cool. So, which I think is one of the big things that Scrivener does as well. It does it in files, and you just
0: yeah your yeah. files.
1: Um, but anyway, so that worked for me. Um, And I printed it out and I started doing all my red penning and then I'd sit in front of my computer and have everything the the printed out document in front of me and was looking at that and typing the changes in. And that's just so time-consuming.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And then I started working with my editor and she'd send me back the Word document and had comments and track changes on and I just accepted or rejected or whatever. And once I started working through that, all those edits directly in the manuscript, I was like... I'm never printing this out again.
0: <laughs> I've kept <doing laughs> it all
1: digitally. So, and that's how I did it. It was all done digitally after that. and That was uh, from my third or fourth draft on. I haven't. I never printed it out to to do the whole thing. And that's the other thing they say as well. Um, if you want to do a, you know, to so then once I was doing my my drafts, my editing. I was doing it not on my laptop, but on my desktop. Um, And I was only doing it at certain times of day. I wasn't doing the constant half an hour on the ferry, half an hour at work, all that. Um, I was using that time now to read um, (laughs) and doing the editing when I was at home. Um, The other thing they do, I wrote my first draft in uh, Courier New Font. And when I did my edits, I changed it to Times New Roman. And that sort of change makes the words look different. So it helps your brain shift gears between um, the different stages of your writing. Printing it out and going and sitting and reading it in some place that you've never looked at it before also changes your experience of reading it. Yeah. Printing it out and reading it aloud um, changes because <laughs> if you're actually reading, your brain will um, do this thing. I gave it to my dad to read and he highlighted a whole heap of stuff for me as, you know, of changes, not changes, but like uh, typos and things. And he highlighted an entire sentence. I looked at the sentence and I couldn't for the life of me see what was wrong with that. And I went to him and I'm like, what, is, why is this been highlighted? What's wrong with it? And he got, you know, it was like, he looked at it and he's like, well, read it, read what the sentence says. And I pulled it back from him and I started reading it. I started reading it out loud. And as soon as I started reading it out loud, I realized that my br- I had put the words in the wrong order on the page. My brain kept putting them in the right order yeah. I read it. But if you actually read it out loud, you're looking at what <laughs> words are in front of you to say aloud rather than to just internalize. And that was like, oh, okay. But I find that I can't read my entire manuscript to myself. So I've got the most recent version or versions of Word. I think it's uh, Word 360 or Office 360. Um, Word comes with a text to speech function. and you Oh, yeah. I remember messages. you
0: said that last week we were talking. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I just highlight a passage and I set it to go and it starts, you could choose if you wanted a female voice or a male voice. And while there is some ro- robotic characteristic to it as well, I think they've done a lot of work in how it uses the inflections of, um, of punctuation. Um, and so it starts reading things to me, and I'll be like, Oh my God, that's a really long sentence. We need to take, we need to break that sentence up, or we need to put some punctuation in because it's just like going on and on and on. It's like, I can take your breath. <laughs> um, so that was really good as well. And it will read what's actually on the page to you. So if you've not got a word that your brain keeps putting in every time you look at the page, then it's going to pick that up for you too. Um, so those sorts of changes are really beneficial um in tricking in tricking your brain into looking at it differently so that's how I work. I'm starting this new draft, and I'm doing it in front of my computer rather than on my laptop. So we'll see how it goes. I had to go and buy a new laptop because my last one just died. So
0: oh, well, yeah, it, I remember you it said it works,
1: that. but the um, the the battery is completely gone. And
0: yeah. it's really
1: old. So I could have um gotten a new battery, but it has hey, I just gave it to my my niece and nephew and told them they have to use it plugged in, and I got myself <laughs> a new one. <laughs>
0: that's always when you know you need a new laptop i feel like when you can't like you know just walk around with it (laughs) plugged in it's funny that you said that with the i forgot you said that last week when you and i talked about just stuff in general um about the microsoft word reading it to you i realized that i had a conversation with a friend of mine um a while back and she said that she actually gives it to like her husband to read or somebody else like one of her coworkers, even who was interested and she records them and then they they record themselves like over zoom and then they send it to her like the audio mp3 or whatever four or whatever and i thought that was interesting because she said that she was yeah she goes i was she was doing the same thing you did with the sentences and she wasn't understanding and she said even like hearing it in someone else's voice especially yeah. like helped out loud. And I thought that was a very interesting idea. Cause I had never, yeah. I had never heard of anybody doing that before. Mm. Um, you need to have so a
1: really good cool. friend prepared to do that or you yeah, know, yeah. support his spouse.
0: Yeah. Well, she had a lot <laughs> of people. Was... I think she ended up having like eight different people. Cause like she wrote wow. Epic wow. as well, you know, and she yeah. just said, Hey, here's a chapter. Can you just read this? Oh, okay, a chapter at a time. Yeah, yeah. Just a chapter at a time. So like, yeah, I yeah. think at first it was like, you know, her husband was doing it and then it was like, I know he got busy for sure. So then she brought like her sister in. It was just like all of a sudden, like eventually by the time she was done, you know, she had like seven different people and she put them in, you know, like the forward and stuff. Um, But I mean, I just thought that was interesting because she's like, yeah, like hearing it out loud with someone else's voice, you know, really helped me. And I'm like, well, my thing is I hear my characters in my head. And if your voice isn't like my character, I feel like it'll pull me out. Mm. Uh, But it was a very interesting tool, so Yeah, I found that
1: it doesn't, especially given that I've taken now to listening to audiobooks a lot. Yeah, Um, I'm used to narrators putting their own spin or characters sounding different to how they sound in my head. So, you know, it it ended up being more listening to the words that are being related to you. And, you know, to a degree, it, it felt like some of the dialogue was being delivered the way I wanted it to. You know, I could sense the emotion behind it. Um, writing epic fantasy, it, you'll end up putting names and words in there or places or languages that you create that the, Microsoft has no idea how they're pronounced, and they just start spelling it to you when they get to it, and it's like, what? Oh, That'd probably that might <laughs> be half my first book. I don't know how to say that one, so yeah. that's fine. But I, I was less concerned about names and places and more about do we need punctuation here it does this sentence actually work the way it's meant to work have i written have i missed words have i um put them in the right order um that was really important yeah and i think it that's good
0: for it. yeah i just feel like that's a really valuable tool to have and i you know we used to do that for korean for google translate um just to make sure you know certain phrases uh were right in english or certain phrases were right in korean and, you know, if it wasn't right, didn't sound right, we would just look back over the translation and, you know, and try again. So I think that's a, that's a great tool. I feel like yeah. it's, it works really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it did for me. It'll certainly be something that i use again for the next, the next draft.
0: Yeah. Like this one. <laughs> I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to try it. I'm definitely going to try it. Uh, yeah. You know, once uh, I get to that step, <laughs> maybe like on the next try, the next draft. Yeah. I do like how you though mentioned the audiobooks. and you and I had talked a little bit about this. Well, actually, quite a bit about this before we started filming, yeah. uh, just about different audio books. So we got about ten minutes for the Spotify version, uh, cuts out for time. But yep. just as like a follow up, so let's just you know we can just talk to the audience real quick. So we were talking about different audiobooks, and I was mentioning how one I'm listening to, I love the book, I love the series, um, the. Narrator that I got, I just felt didn't quite do it for me, and I feel like Mm -hmm. if I'm, you know, like I told you, Mark, like if I take a break this weekend, come back Monday, start listening to it again, I feel like it's going to pull me out of the book. So, how do you feel about help audiobooks narrators helps or hurts?
1: Yeah, Uh, it depends on the narrator, really. At the end of the day, as you said, you found a um, really
0: good one, right?
1: Oh yeah, I did. Um, so. I had picked up, and I'll t- I'm happy to talk about this, um, Melissa McPhail's, uh novels, and um, she writes in Omniscient Narration. And I found in my own process of writing that I wrote originally in omniscient narration and was pulled up by some of my um, by my editor that I was doing a lot of showing uh, telling rather than showing. And in an effort to reduce that, I changed in a subsequent draft, I changed from from omniscient to type third person. Um, and now I'm like constantly, I'm, when I come across books that are written in omniscient narration, my red pen in my head just starts going, I get knocked out of it straight away. And so I really, really wanted to get into these books because they just sounded like everything I really enjoyed. And I found it really difficult to do it. So I gave the audio book a go and the audio book is narrated by Nick Podell. And it was just amazing. It was so good. So I can listen to omniscient narration when it's being nar- spoken to me or narrated, uh, but I can't. I find it difficult to read. And once I got into those books with him narrating them, she's like she's in my top five favourite authors now. Um, so he does an amazing job. I think the narrator makes all the difference. I've come across some narrators who... There's this thing where they will, they will lower their voice when they're talking. So (laughs) then when they need to put a really strong, strongly emphasized thing or make it sound like they're shouting, they're not actually shouting into the microphone. And if they're doing it like that, I'm like, a, I can tell instantly what they're doing and why they're doing it. And I feel like, can you stop whispering at me or in my <laughs> ear? I uh, often stop listening to the book. I just can't do it. And
0: um, no, I understand we'll, we'll,
1: we'll do a return. Can I have my credit <laughs> back? I'll try something else. Um, the other person that I came across who did something like that is um, not something like that, whose work I was not able to get into to reading um the words of was Peter F Hamilton mm. and then I picked up the Commonwealth Saga which was narrated by John Lee oh yeah and John Lee did amazing. this most amazing job and Hamilton is now one of my favorite writers as well and in fact oh, wow. his most recent books I was even able to go in and just read before the audio was available um it's I don't know it's something about the way the narrator has Found the rhythm of the work or the writing that my brain wasn't picking up, and it then having that uh, performed for me has changed the way I interact with the physical words um, than my brain does. So. Yeah, it, the narrators are hit or miss. There are some narrators that I just know I was like, no, I can't, I can't touch you. I just can't go to your to the stuff, unfortunately. Um, and there was one really big series that I love the books of and I wanted to listen to the audio to them as audio because I spent a lot of time driving now and I didn't have the time to read them. This is a series that you're reading currently or listening to. <laughs> and I just couldn't do it. The, the, the narrator is is not performing the story. No, Um, And while I I don't feel a narrator needs to change their voice for different characters all the time, so the narrators who do, um, some people find it really awkward listening to it. It's like, oh, you're obviously putting on a female voice there. It doesn't work. I think if you've fallen into the story with them and you've fallen into the being told the story, after a while... You you kind of don't even notice those things. It becomes part of the flavor, uh, for me anyway. And um, Nick Padell does it really well. Kate Redding is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, when I first listened to Wheel of Time on audio, it's the uh, Eye of the World starts off with Michael Kramer, and I found Michael Kramer to be very dry and almost monotone in his delivery at first. I don't know if it was a matter of him warming up or me warming up to his to his reading style, um, but after a while, it's like they're they're up there with my favorite narrators as well. They just oh, yeah. do a fantastic job, um, and I'd listen to Kate Reading read anything. I think she's just brilliant. Oh yeah, I, I so, do have
0: to say I did prefer her like her part yeah. far more. Yeah, and at first I didn't. I don't know what it was though. I don't know if it was the, my buddy and I talked about that we i don't we don't know if it was like the parts of the book that they read or what it was like for me they completely flip-flopped and i just thought you know she ended up having so michael you know, would
1: read all the chapters that had a male pov yeah yeah uh, a ma- and a male POV i think that's what it was
0: i yeah. think she added you know cuz i don't know i don't know i guess i don't understand i like strong female characters like yeah. i brie Larson did an amazing job for captain marvel i really enjoyed it um mm. Yeah, And I guess I just always see my mom because my mom's a very strong woman. So I don't mind that. I actually prefer that because otherwise I feel like they're fake. And, you know, there are certain characters that are going to be different in terms of their types of strengths and things like that. And that goes for women, too. But I just felt like she really added emphasis to those, you know, characters. And for me, that made the books more complete than when I read them the first time. And I felt like it definitely added to my reading experience and it actually got me more excited um to read uh book six um just from her side of the narrating so I definitely you yeah. there
1: yeah so it's all down to the narrator if I come across a narrator I haven't heard before I'll <laughs> give them a listen to the sample to see how I feel it's like am I gonna are we gonna gel okay um,
0: <laughs> it really is because you're you're in it for and, the long haul you know especially yeah. if you're you know, reading something like Brandon Sanderson, like, or even half of that, you, yeah. know, you know, even uh, like the current series, you know, like I was saying that I'm trying to reread, but listen to audio, you know, that's, you know, 10 hours, right. That, you know, eight to 10 hours every yeah. book it's like, and it's kind of a big deal too. Cause like no offense to anybody. I can't really like, I want to, I'm trying to pick books on, you know, audible for people that I really like who, you know, like Kevin Hearn's one of those guys that has personally yeah. helped me out in the past. You know, on numerous occasions, and I want to buy his. I wanted to buy his books to help him out, but I just really enjoyed them. Uh, And I really, I forget who the narrator is, but if you guys haven't listened to or read or listened to the Iron Druid Chronicles, highly recommended by Kevin Hearn, But I like Kevin's writing's amazing. It's one of my favorite urban fantasy series. But man, that narrator he found just nailed Atticus, the main character, and it just added to the experience of reading his books. And now I'm actually. Uh, waiting for my buddy. Uh, at some point, we're gonna book club the whole series from start to finish. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, they're really, really good.
1: I'll have to get into those. I haven't. Oh, I, I haven't I'm really, yeah. I'm
0: really trying to get you into them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the thing is, is like, they are very. It's like it's like Jim Butcher or you know Mercy Thompson. Like some people, they're just very or Kim Harrison. You know, like some people are very particular about urban fantasy. I am like I like the Eric Carter series. You know, um, I just feel like, you know, every, you know, like it's like we talked about earlier, like everybody yeah. likes different things, and it's kind of like wine, right? Everybody likes maybe yeah. sweeter or red or white or cold or warm, you know, things like that. And yeah, I don't know, I I really enjoyed them though. I thought they were brilliant. Uh, my buddy's trying to get me onto the Kim Harrison's. Uh, I grabbed the. He gave me the first two, I think. Uh, he lent me. So as soon as I knock some indie publishing cool, yeah. books down, I'll be trying to do those. God, I s-
1: used to sell so many of those when I worked in the bookshop.
0: Oh, I can we imagine. We had this entire
1: wall. They were all in the paranormal romance wall.
0: Yeah, yeah. All those ones.
1: Um, And we just sold so many of them.
0: Oh, that's good So to hear. many of them, yeah. I wish I had known that earlier. I would have, like, I don't know. Like, urban fantasy for me is still like a, still like a, a new love, I guess, so to speak. Like, mm. I feel like like I was living in Phoenix at the time and going around Scottsdale and Tempe with my wife. And those are areas where Kevin Hearn wrote, uh, where the main character lives. So mm-hmm. like we would pass by a restaurant that was in the story. Right. Oh, in that's the books. Cool. Yeah. And it yeah. was just like, it was super cool. Or I'd be like, Oh, I just read about this place. Like, you know, this park, we have to go there now. So I mean, yeah. I literally like lived his books, yeah. you know? And then we were a couple places in, um, uh, you know, like New Mexico and Nevada and stuff. We just happened to go by. Uh, so I'm like, Oh, I know where that's at from these books. So it was like a thing, the three of us, my old roommate, my wife and I would do, they would be like, okay, is there anywhere, you know, around here and you know, that are from the books and we would go and I'd take a picture and put on Instagram and you know, it it was really cool. So yeah, I highly recommend them. They're really good.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. That would be a fun thing to do. Yeah. It's like a tourist map.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was really fun. I thought about it too. Like one of my friends, we we talked about that. Like, so my my YA that I just kind of did just for like um just a fun thing, just to see if I liked it at all. I took this um like a descendant from King Arthur and I took her and I put her at Cornell University right down the road from us. And I went to Cornell um during the pandemic and nobody was there. And I went and walked the streets. And, you know, walked on campus, how my character would walk and go to a different classes. And I figured out through, you know, different forums and maps and things online, you know, what, what classes she would take, uh, where, and I actually like, if you, you would actually be at the campus and if you were an English major, uh, you would actually, you know, have her schedule (laughs) or, uh, same professors. Like it was kind of cool. And I was like, Oh, it was just kind of like a, you know, a neat little writing exercise. Uh, yeah. But I, I've seen people do that in the past and I actually, I really like that. So I thought maybe maybe to do that in the future, it was really fun. I could see why, you know, why they do it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just want to finish up here, Mark, with that last thing we talked about. I just thought no one had ever said this to me. I had thought about it myself doing it, but I've never tried it. So you were talking about your writing music. If you don't mind sharing that with us. So what yeah. kind of music did you listen to while you're writing. I think that would be really interesting.
1: Sure. So majority of the time when I write, I don't listen to anything at all. It's just like room noise, silent. But writing on the ferry would become uh, problematic, um, especially in the afternoons and if it was school holidays. It would be a lot of kids, a lot of chat going on. The ferries in the afternoon would get very full. um, And I would just plug myself into my headset and I would listen to orchestral music. So I can't listen to music that has lyrics um the lyrics would distract me but what i wanted to do was to drown out the voices all around me and being a big gamer i would pick up um audio soundtracks so like i listened to a lot of the um burning crusade warcraft burning Burning crusade soundtrack when i was writing for no other reason than to have it running in the background to drown out the other noise, but I was saying to you is that I do know there are some writers who will listen to particular types of music to, you know, get their heart racing or to to write a chase scene, um, or, or a battle, romantic, yeah, a battle, yeah. or um, to put in slow romantic stuff for a love scene to set their mood, their internal mood. Um, I don't listen to music like that to set a mood of what I'm writing. I listen to it to block out the stuff around me. Um, but, yeah, that is a thing that I know I know some people do. I've uh, got a friend, Mark Barnes, and he'll talk about the different soundtracks that he's currently, um, um, currently writing um, to uh, for particular types of scenes, uh, which I find is cool, but... I don't know. I think I get distracted trying to to feel the emotion of the music. Oh, for sure. And right at the same time, it's like two different tracks are running. So so it's um something that I'm aware of. I don't do myself. But um some people do it. It's a thing.
0: I just think that's so interesting because I I had thought about it myself, but I thought maybe that's just a weird thing to think about. But Uh, you know, every once in a while I'll do the tavern music or, you know, because we do it for gaming, you know, all the time. And uh or maybe I'll do a battle music or something like that. Or yeah, maybe like what would you listen to while the bard's playing while you're traveling from here to there? You know, stuff like that. But it didn't quite work for me. I think I told you like I'm I'm just so used to listening to the radio or um actually actually I don't think I told you this. I'm so used to listening to the radio or actual music while reading. I think it's really easy for me writing now. So like I told you, like I like 90s hits. They're very, no offense to anybody. I just feel like I've heard them so many times, you know, being a 1987 baby that it just, it's what I grew up listening to. Yeah, it's background noise at this point. And I like it. And it actually takes speaking. And maybe it is a little bit of the motion writing music, you know, and it takes me back to a, a happier time. Makes me happier when I'm writing, you know, sometimes it will, Instill something in me that you know, the emotion that you know I do go through my writing and maybe try to convey. So I actually never considered that. So maybe that, maybe that's my emotional writing music. Maybe. yeah. The 90s. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah, that's funny.
1: You could set yourself up playlists for different types of emotion.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually think I'm, I'm gonna try it because Jed Hearn's always talking on Wizards, Wars, and Words, and it's like you really never know until you try a tool. So maybe that. Oh, they never know. Maybe that could be my thing. Maybe that gets me yeah. to, you know, finish this editing and then busting out a bunch of novels right in a row. So it's worth a good. shot, right? <laughs> and you actually gave me a really good idea too, uh, for a later episode for us, uh, going over the fantasy name, uh, generator, uh, <laughs> going over that tool a little bit, uh, speaking of, um, a tool or something that, uh, <laughs> that distracts me all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get this one name. And then I'm like, I collect 20,000 names for novels that I'll probably never get a chance to write, but. It's, uh, it's probably good at some point if I uh, take my you know internet off and just yeah <laughs> just start typing. But yeah, I think that'd be kind of an interesting episode. Yeah,
1: I do take a bit of a, a shortcut these days myself with that. I will go to the fantasy
0: generator thing. It's really good. Have yeah. it pull
1: up stuff. And then I'll just take something that I like the look of, but rework it for myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's so how I one. would.
1: Yeah. So that, that does help a lot.
0: Um, I really like their just, items. Like their items yeah. list, magic items list. It'll have like a really weird name. Um, and then I'll just take part of it and then, yeah, just do the same thing. And I was like, oh man, that is like really good. And I've got a to lot look of those. Ideas I haven't out. looked at that. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, we'll have to try it at some point when we're talking and I'll show you. Like, it was really, really cool. Like, their places I'm not really into. I like their people. I like to mash them. But yeah, they're magical yeah. items. Like, you just lop a couple parts off, put them together, and all of a sudden you have like this legendary weapon that everybody will want to call you know yeah. <laughs> that name for all time i was cool. like wow i was like this is like excalibur type stuff <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah yeah i highly recommend and it to you and anybody else yeah yeah and i'm like i'll just go in i have like a whole actually part of this book is literally just those like i just went in and started writing one day and i was like well yeah. i got weapon names from now to eternity so yeah yeah <laughs> all right well We're going to wrap up here for episode three here with Mark and Mark, if there's anything else, like I said, uh, you know, we'll have the other two episodes up before this um, on YouTube. Uh, My friend and I are meeting on Sunday to hammer out whatever I'm doing wrong for Spotify. Uh, So by the time you guys listen to this, the Spotify will be up. Uh, I know I've said that for the last three episodes, but even we're way far in advance. So it'll definitely be up by the time you guys see this. (laughs) We're about a month out right now, at least. So, um, Excellent. <laughs> so I want you guys to make sure, you know, you guys go check out Mark's website in the description. Uh, I actually already have the link set aside uh, for Mark's book, Blood of the Spear. Um, Mark, if there's anything else, you know, you want me to share with people or any other links, uh, you know, Instagram, you know, things like that. Just let me know and sure. I will put those up in the description now that we've got all three of your episodes done. Uh, and then we will put those in for people. That way they can go and give you some nice foot traffic and buy some Excellent. books. Uh, All right, guys, So we're going to sign off here. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. Again, you can find this video, Mark's two other videos with us on YouTube, Twitter. uh, Also on our Facebook, uh, we got a group going um, where you can actually join us and actually talk to our authors. Some of them are in there already and join that group, uh, ask different questions, things like that. Uh, Again, by the time this is up, you guys will be able to listen to this audio on Spotify, which we're really excited about. Uh, Also feel free to reach us at scholars of Uma. That's U M a at gmail.com. Let us know what you would like to see on our podcast. Uh, If you want to see any, you know, future authors, uh, anybody, you know, you really like to read, we'd love to have them on anybody else from the fantasy and sci-fi community. uh, Just let us know uh, through that email, Uh, send me any videos or pictures that you guys have that are fantasy and sci-fi related. And we really look forward to having you guys on the show. And please come back next time, Mark. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope if you want to stick around, I'll chat with you just a little bit still and uh, everybody else have a good rest of the night. Thank you for tuning in.
1: See ya.